everybody is born with a little something extra, and sometimes they just have to find it. A little something extra is that superpower that every single one of us has inside that motivates us and drives our passion and, and makes us do the things that we do. We're all on the same team. Let's think about how we can make that team as inclusive as we can. For those of you listening to our podcast right now, you can also check out our video podcast at a little something extra podcast.org. We are back from our podcast at a little something extra with my mom and the Gigi. And uh, first of all, my brother. Yes, oh. me as well. Thank you. Franco Johnny in the Gigi house. doing great with my welcomings today. Right? <laughs> yes. We are yeah. joined by another guest as well. Well, yeah, apparently on this new, tw- so this is our 20th anniversary tour podcast year, mm-hmm. which is like crazy <laughs> insane because how can she be 20? How could I be 20 years older since <laughs> this all started? Mm-hmm. Right? And now all of a sudden this year she thinks that she starts every podcast. She starts every podcast. <laughs> She's now. the new welcomer. So thank you, Jeej, for that. You did awesome. Yes. You did awesome. <laughs> But we have a really, really special <laughs> guest that I'm very excited about. Um, she's a New York Times bestseller. She's a podcaster. She's a storyteller, like an international global storyteller for my favorite subject, which is Down <laughs> Syndrome. So I'm really, really excited to introduce Heather Avis. We're so excited to have you from The Lucky Few. She Actually, she's yes. the founder of The Lucky Few. She is. I am the founder of The Lucky Few. Hi. Thank you for that introduction, everybody. So fun to get to be here with you guys. Oh, big fan. Yes. Big fan of all the GG everything. Oh, well, we're, we're a big fan. Well. I think Franco's definitely um, obsessed with watching your Instagram and reading up on you <laughs> and what you do because he is very big on acceptance through understanding. And that was a new campaign that he kind of had worked on. He's like, wait, she's doing it all right here. I'm just going to use her stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she's already doing it. It's perfect. So yeah, I mean, Heather, I would love it if you could just, you know, tell us a little bit about the story of of the lucky few and, and of you too, and and your, and your whole kids and here. all of it. Yeah, we want to hear yes, it all, okay. girl. Okay, let's go way back. We'll keep it as brief as possible. Um, <laughs> I so let's see where how far back do we go? My husband and I will go there. Okay. He, his name's Josh. We've been married for 20 years. We got married very young. Mm. I'm not that old, you guys, but we got married <laughs> I know. very young. Gigi's is 20 years old. I don't know how that happened because I'm not old enough How's for that either. How does this happen? How does this And we had a long journey into parenthood. We thought we were going to have kids naturally and had just that idea of we're going to have three kids that look like us who have no disabilities. And then this is our plan for life. And we thought we'd just move forward that way. And, um, after years of infertility, we went down the path towards adoption and it's a very long story. Um, but we ended up finding out about a little girl with down syndrome who'd been placed in the agency that we were adopting through. And it was through a passing conversation. We had no desire to have a child with a disability. We had said no to down syndrome. She had a, just like a slew of health issues that she was born with as well. And, but we found out about her and I talk about it. There was like a spark in my heart. Something changed in me once I read this email from our social worker. Um, and I couldn't unknow that. And that just led us down this path towards making the decision ultimately to say yes to adopting Macy, who is our oldest name is Mason hope. And she came home at three and a half months old with a giant hole in her heart. She'd already had a heart surgery. Um, on oxygen 24 seven, really, really sick, fragile little girl who happened to have Down syndrome. And there was this, she came home. We had about three weeks. Um, we talk, you hear a lot in the Down syndrome space about like a diagnosis story. And there's often grief attached to that. And while we weren't anticipating or expecting or wanting even to have a child with Down syndrome, that grief period for us was really brief because we had three weeks between learning about her and bringing her home essentially. Um, and so she came home and I remember walking in the door with her and very quickly and really within hours thinking like, okay, the reason that we were going to say no to this baby is because first off, because of down syndrome and yes, for all these other medical issues. And again, it's a long story that we can unpack in another space, but Really, it was because we didn't want a child with Down syndrome. That wasn't going to be our story. 
And yet here I was holding this little girl who was magic. She was just this incredible baby. She was a baby, a human baby totally. with a full life right. worth every bit of it in my arms. And just going, that started the journey of trying to understand this disconnect between the narrative around what Down syndrome is that society is telling me, um, that systems mm. are telling me that's built on this idea of ableism versus what I'm learning as a mother to a child with Down syndrome and then stepping into the Down syndrome space and meeting hundreds and then thousands of people with Down syndrome or people who love someone with Down syndrome. And our narrative is different than the narrative we were fed before we loved someone with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. So something's missing there, right? Mm -hmm. There's a disconnect. And so um, that's, that sparked when Macy was a baby. And then a few years later, we adopted another daughter, truly truly star who has no disabilities. And then a few years after that found out about a woman who was pregnant with an in utero diagnosis for down syndrome and congenital heart defect. And we had the opportunity to create an adoption plan with her as well. And then brought home our son, August, Aww. who also has down syndrome and the kids are now 14, 11 and nine. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so that's like how the family came to be. And then, um, when Macy was born, it was 2008. And I just, I started blogging like all the moms at home started doing in 2008. And I just started telling the story of Macy, like what I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what, you can't know what you don't know. Totally. And so I didn't know about this little girl with Down syndrome. I didn't know what being a mom with a kid with Down syndrome was like, obviously. And so I just started like sharing the day in and day out of having a child with Down syndrome. And then Instagram came along and we jumped on that platform. And I started feeling, having these moments of being in public with my daughter and realizing she's the only person here who has down syndrome. And I feel so overwhelmed, overwhelmingly lucky that I'm her mom. Like this is my kid, this one here, the only one in the room with down syndrome. She's mine. I'm so lucky. And I started using the hashtag, the lucky few. And apparently it resonated with people in the Many. down syndrome community yeah. because <laughs> it, yeah. it, um, other people, I, I noticed like you can follow a hashtag and it's just the first you know, 50, 100 pictures, it's just Macy. And then I noticed other pictures starting to sprinkle into the hashtag. And oh. it was always someone with Down syndrome. And then it just has taken off to almost be simultaneous with the Down syndrome story. So this awesome. um, phrase, the lucky few, or this idea, like, we have a narrative to shift. And I've had the honor and privilege of attaching the word lucky to a Down syndrome diagnosis. Um, and that's been the shift that that's been our life, my life's work since Mason's come home. That is awesome. And I, I honestly, <laughs> I did not know the whole story. I told you, that's how I was like, I don't even feel worthy to be introducing her because I know there's so much more to this that I don't even know. So I've been yeah. dying to be able to sit down and talk to you because I was like on your podcast, but you don't learn, you know, sure. you don't learn all that. You don't know, you know, you know that there's a big story back there, but you don't know what that story is, you mm -hmm. know? So keep going, keep going. So that led okay. you to because that <laughs> yeah, because I know there's like a more. lot. There's a lot of different <laughs> things that's happening that's happened with Lucky Few along that it just being a hashtag. I mean, it's it's a totally. whole brand now. Mm -hmm. So, um, how how did you get to that point where and like you just said, like you realize there's this bigger responsibility now. Like you've identified, like you've attached the word lucky to Down syndrome. So how did then be, I love that. I love how did I then blossom into this idea of, of storytelling and, and, and showing what Down syndrome really is from a real rough, like a real perspective of the people within it. Yeah. Um, so in those earlier years, like around 2014, 2013, maybe even, I had someone reach out to me on Facebook that she said, hey, I work for a publishing house would you ever want to write a book about your story? I've been reading your blog and following you on Instagram. And I thought, that'd be really rad. Sure. Let's try that. And, and then that turned into a book deal. Um, my first book came out in 2017 called the lucky few and it was a bestseller. And I, it, I just found myself catapulted into this different space of being invited to speak at engagements and travel and um, really had this platform that I, had not been pursuing it found me it was a it was like stepping into opportunity after opportunity to be able to what I another phrase I put in the world is to be able to shout the worth of my kids with down syndrome and with people with down syndrome 
And so I just was able to do that. And then that just kind of unfolded over the years. Um, and I had another book deal after that for my second book into that, which came out in 2019. Um, in 2018, my husband quit his full-time salary job to join me full-time in the work of the lucky few. We've had opportunities to do huge social media collaboration campaigns. We've worked and done back to school, like the entire back to school campaign for gap kids. We've done Disney world. We've done all these, we've got to collaborate with all these people where we're saying, Hey, look, the story we're telling around down syndrome is a story of a real life human being who is good with down syndrome and they're going to show up in a space different and they're going to respond different. And the goal isn't to shift and mold them to be more like everyone else. No, the goal is to make a world where they get to show up exactly as they are and be celebrated and seen as worthy and have a voice and a space at the table. Um, and so that really, it, it was just opportunities to, to, it was stepping into opportunities that just came our way. And then those two books led to my first children's book, which came out in 2020, 21, 2021 <laughs> and hit the New York times bestsellers list. And I got her another children's book, which came out last year. And, um, and then get, yeah, that just, and then we started a podcast in 2017. We're celebrating five years of That's the number awesome. one down syndrome podcast. And it like, we've, it's just been this deep desire to make a world where my kids with down syndrome are embraced and loved as they are with down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beyond awesome. I'm, I'm like, cause I didn't really know the whole story and your name is everywhere. When you know, when you talk about down syndrome and, and all the different things that are happening out there at all the playhouses, I think you've spoken at different events and you've been involved in so many different places where our playhouses are. So I think that there, there's so much cool energy around celebrating the positives of down syndrome. And, but again, it's not always easy. What, what has probably been like your hardest moment, the biggest the obstacle you've had to overcome? Um, I have, I have a memory. I was, when Macy was five years old, we were living in a city that had an organization that was a learning center for families who have kids with Down syndrome, a learning and support center, essentially. And it was amazing. It was a lifeline for me. Um, I was, I cannot say enough good things about them and how much I love them. Um, but I was in this class for parents. Our kids were, Macy was five. She's doing her own thing, like getting all these different services on a Saturday. And I'm with the parents and we're being educated on ways to support our kids educationally, mostly. And, you know, it's like a lesson about, I don't know, how to help our kids tell time or these certain modifications or these adaptations that we can use to support our kid. And the person giving the lesson, she very casually said, and isn't that why we're doing all of this? So our kids with Down syndrome are more like their typical peers. And then she kept teaching. Mm. And I was like, oh, oh, Wait, no, no. <laughs> that's not, that's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm here. And that began for me a journey of, of realizing for those first five years of, of being a mother to a child with Down syndrome, I had yet to undo the thing in me that was initially opposed to having a child with Down syndrome to begin with. So I, I can look at it now and call it ableism. Mm-hmm. And that just because you have a child with a disability doesn't mean like snap, you're it's done, it's undone. It's a process for me, it's been work, right? And so that that was a moment of, oh my gosh, like a, a my aha moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> of wait a second, wait a second. There's a difference between having helping my children with Down syndrome be their best self and pushing them to be more like what everyone else says they should be in order to have value and worth. And that was a, a major left turn for me and began the work of undoing ableism in my own heart and in myself. And it's a journey and it's a, it's a, it can be a real struggle because I've got a 14 year old who we've done all the things under the sun and she's not reading past like preschool sight words. And she's not writing anything more than the word mom and me and her name she's 14 yeah and and guess what she's amazing and that and being yes we're going to push her to be her best self but she doesn't need to do those things to have value and worth and be a full contributing member fully embraced as she is in this world um so we started so that really started down this other path of there's a bigger down syndrome story to be told because we're inundated i felt I felt as a parent to a child with Down syndrome in a social media space with an audience and a platform that I was being inundated with the, 
like feel good stories of down syndrome that there was this now there's this next narrative being shared with me that there's a, that's saying to us hey there's actually a best way to have down syndrome and your kid with down syndrome needs to be working harder doing more and it's like this that be more do more made for more idea that that we're like this rat race to get there and my macy my incredible right. macy with breath in her lungs and a heart beating in her chest worthy of a life in this world she she's the gift that has helped me to undo those harmful ways of thinking um and so that really is my constant battle and struggle of like i if i'm saying to the world who macy is as she is is enough is enough and right i believe that then i have to believe that about me totally. right and then i have to believe it about you and it's a and it's the invitation and and we have to step into it. It doesn't just happen. We have to step into it, take the step, do the work. Um, and that started with me all those years ago when I was five years old. And I had that moment of, whoa, there's so much here that I've been missing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, and I think about purposeful progressions, like when she says that, you know, when I think about it, the playoffs, because, you know, there's, there is not, you know, we do everything from one-on-one -on -one tutoring and literacy, math, speech therapy, career program, everything that we do, everybody's at their own level. And yeah, that's exactly where we want track. them to be. And, you know, the way that we, we obviously do not work on developmental milestones or growth. That's the way that we track growth is for through purposeful progressions. So mm, you I love start, it. yeah, that, that's my favorite. Like, I remember when we had all those therapists come in and we said, gosh, we have to make sure that we have metrics on our programs to make sure that they're growing, you know, or in one way, in one form or another. They don't have to, whatever that may look like, just so that they're healthy, that they're able to live their best life. That's the most important thing. And what does that look like? It's not meaning they have to get to another grade level. Maybe it's just they have to have eye contact for a little bit longer to help them be more comfortable in social settings. You know, the, the purposeful progressions can be anything. Yeah. And that's what I loved. I remember when we were, I was looking at these metrics that they had sent in and we had a team of, um, therapists in here to revamp all of our programs to add kind of that therapeutic piece to it. So parents were also getting at their some therapies when they were getting any of their programming here. So therapy through fun. And I remember I was like, you know what, please don't ever use that word developmental milestones because if any nothing hurt me more when Gigi was mm -hmm. a baby was the word developmental milestones and was that chart of, you know, a typical kid and then a kid with Down syndrome. I just think that that is horrific. I don't think that anybody should ever be compared to a chart. Anytime I was sitting there getting her tested, I never had you tested when you were little, yet here they were judging her and testing her and all of that stuff just made me feel like less than because I couldn't get her to where, to even where they thought she should be on that chart. So mm -hmm. we've always, and I still continue to do that with the purposeful progressions with myself and with her, always trying to strive to be a little bit better every single day, whether it's in in your attitude, whether it's in your workout, whether yeah. it's in your <clears throat> personal journey, whatever that looks like, is just try to be a little bit better and grow in some form every single day. So I agree yeah. with you. I, I hear you because that that is such a big piece. It's, you know, and, and it reminds me of, of Finian, but Fian, Fian, Fian from Ireland, who, you know, when he was there, his dad was saying, I don't, I don't, he doesn't want to learn about this, this or that in school. He wants to be I a musician. He yeah. wants to be an environmentalist. Give me the money and let him be what he wants to be. And that's what they did. Yeah. And he is a very, extremely accomplished young man these days, letting, letting people he's be. focusing on what he wants to thrive 100%. on. 100%. Because it's the things that he's most mm -hmm. interested in. And, and no one's forcing him into this little box that society's making him. Yeah. As, as you know, so many others are. And I think. That's a really important thing because I think another thing too is like one of the issues is like when it comes to like expectations that you want to be able to put on your child, whether it's a child with a disability or not, like there are expectations put into place, but like being able to define the difference between those expectations and like what those miles, like what are you supposed to be doing and like what are you kind of like just, you know, expected to be doing in life. And I think like with Jeej, like there's always been that expectation for her to like be strong and to, and, and to you know, be who she is. Like Gigi is a strong person who, you know, has a lot of resolve, but there's never been this expectation like she needs to fall into the category of mm -hmm. where right. her peers are at, like in her classroom mm -hmm. and stuff. And I think that like being able to find that happy median, which it, Heather, it seems as if you've done the same thing with Macy as well, is just that you're that's where you find like that ultimate happiness, mm -hmm. both with a family and with an being an individual that's just living their life. Yeah, I, I love when you talked about, you know, 
you said you weren't going to, you know, adopt somebody with Down syndrome from the beginning. And I remembered when I couldn't get pregnant after you, mm-hmm. and I had, I had, I wanted to adopt a child with special needs at that time before I then got pregnant with Bella. Um, Danny said the same thing. Like, no, 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 we can't, you know, we can't take that on. We can't take that on. And like, it's just, why can't we? You know what I mean? And, and at that time, you know, my mom had always run the spread group at my church. Like, I'd always been exposed to that. I was like, I was cool. I was like, no, I think we could do it. I'm, I'm good with it. Like, I know that, like, that we could make that happen. But what, what is that? But then when Gigi was born, I was, I was petrified. I was like, oh, my God, I willed this on my family now. Like, I asked for this. And now I don't know what to do with it because – in my head, why did why in my head there was a textbook picture to me? Down syndrome was like I had a textbook picture of a black and white picture of somebody with Down syndrome with their bangs cut right here and their tongue sticking out. Like I had a terrible image of Down syndrome. Why did I have that? I wasn't raised that way. My mom always had people with special needs around me, but why there was this picture in my head of what I thought it was and what I thought people were gonna be seeing in my daughter. Mm-hmm. And it, it yeah. was it was it was and, and I remember it and then the reaction of the medical, you know, of, of our doctors when they came in really made me think, oh, my God, that, that's how they're seeing her, too. They're seeing that same image that I can't get out of my head, this black and white photo that why is it there? Why is that there? It was like old, like almost like a silent cut. You know what I mean? Like I don't know why that picture was ever in my brain and, and why I had that. And it was something I had to overcome. You're right. There is that. There's that time of grief and of that, you know, whatever life you think you're going to have for yourself. You know, I thought, like, our, our plan was when she was born in August or September, we were going to be at Disney. I had a trip planned for Disney World in November. You know, you just kind of, life just kind of went on. Well, we didn't know we'd be having open heart surgery in December. Like, all these other things happened. So yeah. there is that. It, it is. It's really interesting when you talk about that grief time and, um, and, and that you recognizing five years later that, why did I think that way in that moment? Yeah. Like, no, I'm not doing it. And have yeah. I gotten rid of all that? You yeah. Know, it took Because I know, totally. yeah, getting rid of that 1950s textbook, terrible well, image think, in my head. I Isn't think, that horrible? I shouldn't even admit that out loud, but I, that's what I had. Well, I think that's, it, it's touched on too what Heather said earlier too, is that disconnect that between what that previous mindset was on, you know, what your typical Down syndrome diagnosis, like disability diagnosis looks like versus what it really looks like once you are a part of that Exposed life. to it. And yep. have that yeah. life and that yep. exposure. And and I, it just, it's, I think, I'm assuming that's why you really want to tell those stories. Because I, I, what I really wanted to get into also with you, Heather, mm-hmm. is, is what you're doing with this Down, what this is Down syndrome project. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's such a beautiful thing and it's something that I've, always really wanted to t- like get those stories out there of families just be- meeting so many families coming through Gigi's Playhouse. I think each one of them has just so many incredible milestones that they've accomplished in their life and they're just so proud and I th- and I th- and so many families are just so proud of the people that that person in their life with Down syndrome and what was that inspiration for you to want to help amplify those stories out there more? Um, cuz I have my yeah. perspective on it but I want to hear yours first. Yeah, sure. Um in this journey of like the undoing of my, of my under my misunderstanding of what down syndrome is. Um, and then having, I have my son August too. So I have Macy's 14 and August mm-hmm. is nine and August in terms of like from an outside perspective, if you just watch the two of them and as they've developed, August has surpassed Mason in his language, in his reading, in his writing, in his physical activities and skills. Um, years ago, people would say, Who's his speech therapist? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, y'all, he's my third kid. He's getting nothing. Like right. Mason <laughs> got all the therapy. Macy's my first kid. And August has surpassed Mason in language. So there's this. So here, here's, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to why we started this, yeah, the, this is Down Syndrome Project. Okay. There's little pieces here to connect. Mm-hmm. So I have these two extremes in the Down Syndrome space. And so, so I'm doing my own work of undoing ableism in my own life. I'm saying... Society detached from Down syndrome has this narrative that that I know is not real, is not true. Sorry, it's not a true narrative. It's not a fair narrative. It dehumanizes an entire people group because of what they can or can't do equals their worth or not. Mm -hmm. And then I enter into Down syndrome. And I think what we've done as a community, and this can be controversial and not everyone's going to agree. I think what we've done is like the Down syndrome community, I'm using air quotes listeners, is swung the pendulum real hard to say, but my kid with Down syndrome can, and that's not a wrong thing to do. But in that narrative, we have created this idea 
that if you have a kid with Down syndrome, have no fear, look what they can do, mm. which is most like people without Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. So we're feeding the narrative. We're, we're saying your kid with Down syndrome actually has more value and worth when and if they okay. do things that are most like people without Down syndrome like. Mm. And think of any video that you've watched that's gone viral in the last five years and list the things. Go to college, run a marathon, swim the, like speak at a TED talk, whatever it is, right? If yep. they do these things, they have value and worth. So we're taking that ableism and we're just perpetuating it in a different way within our own community. So, and, and personally, my Macy doesn't fit there. So now we're in the Down syndrome community and it's the same messaging of, well, Mason's value and worth actually still is attached to what she can or cannot do because look what people with Down syndrome can do. But what if your kid with Down syndrome can't, right? Like what do we do when our kid with Down syndrome can't? Again, mm -hmm. I'm not limiting her. This is who she is and it's not bad. Right. It's not bad. Her yeah. best self isn't going to be this kid with Down syndrome's best self. It's going to be her best self. So just like every person. I, uh -huh. and, I, and, I, and over the years and being in this space, meeting so many families that are like, I don't even want to go to a Down syndrome, whatever conference, because I just feel terrible about who my kid is oh, no. within the community, right? Um, because they're not doing A, B, C, and D. Mm -hmm. And so wow. how do we tell the bigger story and celebrate every single life 100%. of a person with Down syndrome? Every single one. Mm -hmm. And not if and when, but period, full stop. You have breath mm -hmm. in your lungs. You have a heart beating in your chest. You have Down syndrome. You are worthy of a space in this world. You are not better or less. You are your own person with intrinsic value and worth. Let's celebrate you. Mm -hmm. um, so it really unfolded as how do we make sure that everybody who enters the narrative sees themselves in it mm -hmm. and sees themselves as good and um, with Down syndrome? Yeah. And celebrated and embraced, you know, it's a really and, they are. perspective. Well, yeah. And so in, in the, this is Down syndrome project. I th we're like, I don't know, we're about 300 stories in or so. Yeah. And um, it's a person with Down syndrome and then whoever is a part of that bigger pot. So it's less about the story of that person with Down syndrome mm -hmm. and more about, hey, here's this person with Down syndrome. This is who they are uniquely. Um, and this is how people in their sphere yeah. have been affected by them. And so that. you're hearing stories from grandparents that. and coaches and mm -hmm. friends and family and dads and moms and cousins and, you know, coworkers and employers and all of that. Um, and teachers. And so then we've been very intentionally to be ethnically diverse and socioeconomically diverse and diverse in where we're at in the United States, because you got to see yourself in the narrative if we're going to really shift it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And when you think about like, even none of my kids would have been marathon runners. So <laughs> you know, no. I compare totally when, when you think about that. Um, yeah, that is a, a different way of seeing things and, and celebrate everybody as they are. That, that's that purposeful progressions. Every person is who they are. We're all unique individuals, and we should be celebrated for that. And I, yeah. I, I see that every single day here. And, and our, our programming has been completely adjusted. You know, we think, again, thinking for where do people want to be. But you know what? Many of our families have come back and said, nope, we don't need any career skills. We don't want that. We just want a life worth living. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. we want, and which is really important. Really There's still important a lot of skills and a lot of socialization we can teach and be doing things, but just not taking them to another level that they don't all want to go to. So I think it's just seeing everybody where they are. And I think that's such an important piece, such an important piece. And understanding, not just like in the typical population, not everyone's going to be able to do everything. Not yeah. everyone's going to have this talent. Not everyone's going to have that talent. And that's, yeah. that's okay. Well, I love the, the yeah. concept too in how you're doing that project, the, the Stuntsy project, and the idea that you're talking with so many people within their sphere of influence and that you're hearing the value that they see in them because it's not necessarily, you know, these these crazy things that are happening in their life where, like, you're only spotlighting those people that are doing these, like, Great just things. really yeah. nice, and just, like, the things that are, you know, expected of, you know? So mm -hmm. the fact that you're celebrating just those impressions i guess that they're having on people and and yeah. just spotlighting those to show like this is truly what it is in grand and this is the different side of it from all from all these different people um i think it just it makes it that much more important for them if anyone sees it they could see like say if you're someone who doesn't have uh a child with down syndrome or someone in your life with down syndrome but you're a, a head coach of a of a youth baseball team and next thing you know a kid comes through and he has down syndrome but you've seen say one of those stories 
and you've mm-hmm. seen the impact that that person had on someone else's life, and you're like, well, maybe I can make an impact on the, they can make an impact on me, and totally. I can make an impact on them that way. And the way that you're you're sending what we call the ripple effect, yep. which is I'm sure you 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 know that same th- that same concept. You send that off to so many different people of so many different diverse backgrounds and, and whoever they might be to open up their hearts to someone to come in. Um, that's yeah. going to positively impact them, and that's really the way that you're going to be able to spread that ultimate acceptance and inclusion for people with Down syndrome or all disabilities. I mean, that's the idea. Like, I love this project that you're doing so much, the idea of sharing these stories, because that's when you can relate. I don't have mm-hmm. to be a mom or a dad or a sibling. I could be a person in my community that just happens to have an opportunity to change, to ha- be impacted and to that impact. And uh, and that's now I have, now, I, now I've seen someone capture it before and I could do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And we're really in, we're really big with telling all of our storytellers to tell a story, it, not necessarily your diagnosis story, not necessarily the hero story, but like that time that you were driving down the road in the truck and your kid, your grandson's in the front seat and the windows are down and the music's blasting. Tell that story. Yeah. You know, like yeah, tell the right. story of that time that your brother came and sat down next to you while you're playing video games. Just tell that story. Like we're not totally. looking for a hero story. Yep. We're just looking for a human story. Um, because that's what that's how we're going to relate to relate to it and relate to one another it's that like the goal here is is to can to show the world the intrinsic value and worth of a human all the humans that's the goal here Mm -hmm. um and and of a human with down syndrome because i think that i think we live in a world that we're all pretty desperate to know that we have value as we are i think we're exhausted hustling we're exhausted with all the self-helpness and not that there's not a place for that. I'm, that's not what I'm saying, but I think we're all striving real hard to be something when Still all we're hoping is that people are like, wait, just you're okay. You're okay. You're good. Mm-hmm. Right. You're good. Oh, yeah. doubt. Just period. Whatever makes then, you feel good. I mean, yeah. That's and and I can see it in others and therefore I can see it myself. Cause I don't think if we can see it in others that we're able to see it in ourselves. I don't have a lot of um, research on that. That's just my theory. <laughs> I like it's a, it's a good theory because yeah I mean definitely we, we definitely provoking. live in a world where everyone's seeking self validation, oh. yeah, and uh, and we're also living in a very shallow shallow world. I mean our kids are being brought up staring at themselves and taking pictures of themselves on a constant basis. I mean that's seeking all they self validation yeah. by putting it out there. Yeah. And I think that yeah. constant the fact that there's you know opportunity to put things out there to avoid that type of uh, self image, yeah is definitely an important piece. And I think and it's grow. a beautiful thing that you're doing is that you're, you know, sharing those stories that it's okay to be you. Yeah. Be you. I think it's awesome. Your husband's doing it with you now. Yeah. It's kind of we become just a work family together. business. Yeah. That's we really, really always cool. Work from home, always together. It's, <laughs> it really is the best. We joke about it a lot. Like here we are again, just together. Just us. Here um, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but I am very grateful. I've found an incredible partner in life and I'm so well, unbelievably absolutely. grateful for him. When you look at those twists and turns, and and you have to have the right partner that's gonna, you know, when we started the when we started the play, very first playhouse, I remember my husband was like, "Well, that's it. Then there there's there's not another kid. There's not another child. You know what I mean? You can't have a, right. another <laughs> child and then start this thing that you want to do that's all for free. Like, the, it, it's gonna be consuming. And I was child. like, "Oh, it's fine. I could do." But the fact that he stepped in with me. To mm-hmm. go on this adventure, as you know, it, you know, and then they start. It starts to blow up, and next thing you know, now we're at fifty-seven locations. We're serving families in eighty-three right. countries. Like we, it, it's bigger than we ever thought it was going to be. But but he stayed by my side through the whole thing, and he yeah. supported through all of it. And he obviously, you know how that goes. Had to help with the kids while you're speaking somewhere or going somewhere. And there's, you know, there's a lot that you know you, you need that strong partner to be able to do something, um, something so bold. And courageous, like what you're doing and getting out there and just sharing a message to the most important population in my world, which is Down syndrome. So I'm so, so beyond grateful to you for what you're doing. And I'm just glad, like, I kind of live in this, like, uh, I I don't know enough about all the people that are out there doing amazing things because I live in, like, my little Gigi's bubble that... I know, I totally do. Like, and and it's been like 2020 was my time to get out of that. Like, okay, I'm getting out of out of the business of Gigi's, 
and getting more into partnerships and being out with people. So 20, January 2020, I like hit the ground running. I was out meeting people from all these different foundations. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are doing this. This is awesome. Just And then all of a sudden COVID hit and we were shut yeah. down and everything was shut down. So I'm finally in getting back to that place where I can um, be out with other people that are doing some amazing things and learn more about it. Because, you know, right now, it, it for all that time, it was just in passing mm -hmm. because yeah. we're continually growing. There's continually things happening. We're opening playhouses. We're doing this. We're doing that. And I haven't been able to do the part of um, Gigi's and, and, and um, acceptance, global acceptance, that I've wanted to because mm -hmm. of everything else that got in the way. Yeah. So I'm really excited that COVID is – behind us now it's you know <laughs> what's also a beautiful side and the side that i really want i, I want to dive into more too when it comes to ggs but or when it comes to um working in the down syndrome community is the idea that there are so many people in different lanes doing so many mm -hmm. different things and being able to you partner know more yeah being able to partner and collaborate more on ways because yes. i mean like you said covid got crazy you got very ingrained in having to figure out the structure of how Gigi's programming can happen virtually and and how we could be able to continue to make impacts you know through programming where then heather you're out there being able to change perspectives through storytelling and, and and by being able to have people see a different perspective of a diagnosis and i think you know you see the research organizations being able to do those things i mean like that's yeah. the thing you're yeah. able to focus on the lane that you're in and do some life-changing stuff but the idea of being able to then come together and share help ideas each other. and help yeah. each other yep. is the ways that we can really be able to make those real big long-lasting impacts that are going to change the entire face of a diagnosis and Absolutely. population of people yeah and yeah uh, for sure it's definitely um yeah collaboration is the name of the game competition's oh. just gonna stop us all from it's trying we all have the same end goal, the I believe. The same end right? goal, we want a, totally. We want a world where our kids walk outside their front door, and as they are, they're celebrated and embraced. Absolutely, period, mm -hmm. right? And yep. have access and opportunity. Yep, that's yeah. what we want. I think all of us want that. Yep, and, and not, not one of us can do that alone. We can only no. do that together. And the collaboration, yeah. yeah the, the thought of anything being a competition, there isn't a competition when it comes. There's to no room a for it. Life for There's our no kids. room for it. Absolutely counterproductive. Can't yeah. compete Absolutely. to make a better world. You got to just do it together. Yep. Absolutely. Yes, yes you guys. Yes. <laughs> woo -woo! I'm here for it. <laughs> I know. Me too. I said it killed me in 2020 because I was so excited to get out there and start like, because yeah. I, 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 you know, I probably, and I know I've been looked at like that I just do my own thing. I don't do my own thing. I just, I was just so focused on what we were doing and providing the best programs for our families and our yeah. playhouses. I was so internal even though I was external because I was going to openings, I was doing some things, but it wasn't the external I want to be, that I know I can be, where I can really help people, you know, and, and different organizations. Yeah. I know that there's more that I could be doing um, to be on that outside. So that is now that I'm I, my 2020 goal got smushed, that now 2023, that is 100% um, the goal, and the board is helping us make that happen. So I'm really, really excited to be going out there and doing more partnerships, a lot more collaboration. I think we can do so much more together, so many amazing groups doing amazing things, and and yeah. our kids deserve it, and they need it. Yeah. And it's, I love it. And it's, it's a season. You were in a season of you yes. started a thing and then you were running hard and there's no, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Right. Like we, things come and go in seasons and totally. this is a new season for you, Nancy. Yes. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm right. so beyond excited about it. And I think part of it too, is that, that Gigi can be who she wants to be in that lane. You know, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Right now, it's just all about the boyfriend. So, you know, she yeah. can care less yes. about anything else but her boyfriend. <laughs> oh, sorry. You got a and question? The, and the next sorry. question that oh, she Oh, sorry. She's like pointing, like, can I speak her. now? She's like, uh, sorry, Jesus. I would love it. Teach. Podcast. If you had one message to the world, what, what would it be? One My message one to message the to the world, what would it be? My message to the world is I'm talking to individual people. You are good. And you are loved and you are enough. I love it. That is awesome. Give me goosebumps. Something so simple. You know what I mean, Heather? Like, but so, so but so overseen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So simple, but so beautiful. Overlooked. I mean, and so needed. It reminds me of earlier we were talking about we were talking about with somebody and, and they were saying if everybody could just have a friend. 
who has Down syndrome, just gets the opportunity yes. to be a friend. I was like, you know what, when you think about having a mentor, I think mentors are important to people, you know, in business and success and where you want to, like, and, but if you have a, to me, a mentor, having an individual with Down syndrome be your mentor is more, you know, to your soul, to your heart, to your, you know, it's not about success or where you can go like you are with a regular mentor. It's about who you can be and the, yeah. how much you have in your heart to give. You don't even know until you get the opportunity to meet with some of the most amazing people. And, um, I mean, Gigi grows my spirit. All of the inv- incredible um, individuals with Down syndrome that I'm so blessed to be around with every single day grow my spirit and grow my heart every single day. And I do think everybody should have the opportunity to meet somebody with Johnson and to be blessed to be around that person. And mentored by I, yeah. I, yeah. For, my oldest is 14 and 14 years ago. And I was sharing earlier how I would be in a park or I'd be in a space and I would think, Oh my gosh, this little girl is mine. I get to be her mom. Yes. I have those moments every day, like right. watching her just be in the world. Yeah. Like just you being in the world is such a gift to this world. Yeah. Just be, just Thank be you, here God. in this world. And I get, oh my gosh, yeah. I get to watch you. Yeah. Wow. It happens to me it, with my son too. I, people are always like, how come we don't talk about August as much? <laughs> um, <laughs> he's a magical human. Macy was my catalyst, right? right? He was my catalyst, my starting point. Yes. The, so when I tell the story, it's always like Mason was the one who, who started that paved that way for me. Yeah. Um, and August, August is, brings a different perspective, though, oh which I think gosh, is amazing, an, though. But Heather, an that unbelievable little guy. That to me is another gift from God, where you can see, mm-hmm. you you see both sides. You know what what people are going through, and I I think that's that's really really cool. I didn't know that that there was that difference in them. Um, that's I think that's really cool. I think that helps really shape your perspective, and really gives you an opportunity to help so many people by saying, look at raised the same way, same parents, mm-hmm. you know, right. and they're both perfect as they are. They're both incredible. Yeah. yeah. They're just both incredible humans doing their thing. Yep. Couldn't be more different. Do you, love it. do you have um, any other kids or is it just August and Macy? No, there was. I have a middle daughter, Truly. Truly, Truly, is, Truly. Sorry. Yeah, truly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's um, 11. And it Truly doesn't have Down syndrome. Truly doesn't have any disabilities. Yeah. Um, no Down syndrome. That's awesome. So how do, how do you think being a sibling of two siblings with Down syndrome um, has shaped her. I'm always curious, you know, from a sibling's perspective. Because yeah. he loves the whole sibling yeah, story. Totally. Oh my gosh. I'll take all, I'll, I'm just listening ears with siblings. Um, <laughs> it's, it's layered as it is for anybody. All three of my kids are adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, truly is also the only person in the family who has brown skin mm-hmm. um, and doesn't know her birth family. And we just, there's like lots of layers there that, I think we're going to live her whole life not knowing what's what in terms of her reaction to a scenario because we can't separate any of that. So, yes, she's sandwiched between two siblings with Down syndrome. It's also all she's known. There wasn't a time in her life that she didn't have a sibling with Down syndrome. Um, Will there be issues moving forward in her life for all those reasons I listed? Yeah. You know, like it's we hold it real gently um she my husband and I are very aware yeah of as much as we possibly can be of her circumstances in our family unit and again this is this is all she knows like she's and she's her own person and we celebrate her and embrace her and love her and I think yeah I think that it's gonna be something she's gonna have to figure out how to navigate in her life and her dad and I are here to support her in whatever way she needs, totally. but ultimately it's her story. Yeah. You know, it's her yeah. journey. Um, I think that's such and an she'll, imp- oh, she'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. Right? I think it's such an important piece too, like being able to come from parents knowing, like acknowledging that you understand where they're at, like to a really like real level. And mm. cause then she'll, I feel like it's just, there's that much more willingness to ask for help and guidance in that place because they don't feel like you don't think that they should be, you know, feeling any different, feeling any, yeah. yeah or any like, just... I think it's awesome. Just the openness. Mm-hmm. I, and That's I do really think important. for me with my kids, but again, only having one child with Down syndrome and then three typical as whatever typical is. Um, right. <laughs> right. Um, right. I, I couldn't have made my kids who they are today without Gigi. 
So mm-hmm. their empathy, their compassion, their their stewardship, their um, service to others. The, the, they are the people who they are, mostly because of her. And, yeah. you know, they've, they've grown up with a playhouse. I mean, like in there, they, they've had to work their whole lives. Not, there's not one of them that has it painted, clean the toilet, whatever yeah. it takes at a, at a playhouse somewhere across this country that they haven't been involved in. So they've kind of been involved in that service area. But I, I also don't think without her as a sister, I don't think that they would be the people they are today. And I, I thank God every day for that. Yeah. And there's a statistic out there I heard recently that 80% of people who have a sibling with Down syndrome wouldn't change anything about their sibling with Down syndrome, which I don't think can be said about people not wanting to change anything about their other sibling. Um, And that might not be true for Truly. She might fall into that 20% category. And and we will navigate that if that's what happens, right? There's not going to be the gift that that my kids with Down syndrome have been is that we're not going to shame you for being you like we're gonna we're gonna navigate it together we're gonna come alongside you like yeah there's openness and you can feel how you're gonna feel like how do we how do you not how do you not so but I believe truly I always say to people and when people feel really sad for truly like they're really worried about does she get enough attention and whatever it is and because they see you know a fraction of my life online so they think they know everything um (laughs) but truly has always been the kid in the family that has demanded the most attention and right. gotten it like she's <laughs> fine awesome. like right. you know and totally she's, she's an incredible talent she's That's a songwriter awesome. and a singer and an actor and she's gorgeous and like she's gonna do <laughs> huge amazing things and I am like thank god she has Macy mm-hmm. and Augie to tether her to this world totally. otherwise she might be a hot mess, you know, <laughs> or maybe awesome. she still will be like, I don't know. She's 11. Yeah. We're right. figuring it out. Who knows what, yeah. And That's you know what true. I think about, I had some friends who their oldest had autism, youngest had Down syndrome and the middle kid was, um, had no diagnosis to speak of as of today. And you know what is it living a great life, had a great life, still loves his brother. There were three boys and, you know, so it's, it's just life. Brother's beat up each other they still beat each other up they still had you know a family unit that was awesome and you know you just never know where you're gonna go like you said two completely two two kids with the exact same diagnosis being raised the same way all both at different levels and that's just that's the way life is Mm -hmm. the way life is so all right did you (laughs) well you have Oh, oh, my question. That kind of centers around the entire. Yes, girl. And I think I know this answer, but she keeps surprising me. I don't know, Heather. You got like, she comes up with stuff. So it's really like I'm writing notes over here. I'm really, first of all, I'm honestly so grateful that you came on here. and I got to learn about you. I've been on your podcast and you had to hear all about me and you're just fascinating. And I'm, I'm just so blessed that you are out there fighting for our community. And I thank you. I thank you for being on the show today. And obviously it's called A Little Something Extra. And I want to ask you, what do you think is your little something extra? What drives you? What's your superpower? What makes you be um, the amazing advocate and fighter that you are? Um, oh gosh. Okay. Thank you for saying all those kind things. First of all, I'm so grateful to be on the podcast as well and to know you guys and to call you friends. I feel really blessed, blessed by that. Um, okay. My little something extra. Um, I, when I was younger, I'm going to take you guys back again. (laughs) It's okay. We like it. When I was younger, um, during some of my formative years, I was bullied Mm. and that created something it, it changed the way that I then went into the world um, which I didn't realize for many many years really until recently in my 40s well I'm only 41 I'm very young <laughs> and um I wanted and sought after belonging my I think my whole life wow. especially since those early years and then I had my kids who enter a world that tells them you actually don't get to belong in most of the spaces in this world and so I think my little something extra is that that fifth grade self in me that says, no, you do, you do get to belong. Um, and so do these kids of yours. And so does, so does everybody. So what do we need to do to make that happen? What do we need to do to make that happen? That's my little something extra that strive, that desire for belonging for all people. Wow. See, I told you you'd surprise me. (laughs) She always comes up with a zinger. Like I'll be like, Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's, that's really awesome. Sorry that you were bullied, but happy that it made you do what you did. 
because you yeah, are making you. changes and we're excited to be a part of it and help in any way that we can. I know that I think that didn't you do a shoot at our New Orleans location or something? Didn't you do something with New Orleans? We did, yeah. That's yeah, so we, cool. And the I New think, Orleans location hosted us. They were very gracious. Oh, that's very awesome. And I think it was after we were there. That was that was um, right after conference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. last summer. Oh, very cool. Well, girl, whatever we could do for you, we are big fans, and we are so happy you're here. Oh, Gigi, did you want to – oh, your tips. Oh, my gosh. Hurry, you got to do your tips. She's got to go. She's a busy lady. She's writing books. Oh, She's doing things. She's got a documentary. I mean – These are my tips. Oh, okay. For always being best. Okay. First, oh, being your best. What? Being your best. I, I did. Oh. Yeah, okay, she said First – First, you need to practice. Mm-hmm. Always be prepared. Wear a cute outfit like that you're wearing today. <laughs> <laughs> it always makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to smile. Those are my tips for always being your best. Yes. Good tip, yes. Noted. And you Gigi, do thank look beautiful you. today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank I you so it. much, Heather. Anything else that you want to add before we go? It was so awesome having you. Yes, I'm just so grateful to get to have this time with you guys. Thank you so much. I More know. to come, you guys. Yes, Absolutely. I know. I yes. learned so much. And like I said, it, it's just, you're right. Life is cyclical. And I'm at this place now. And and, and I'm, I just feel so grateful that now I have the opportunity to learn so much more about all the amazing things that are going on out there and, and what we can be a part of, how we can help. We're all in this together. And I'm so grateful right. that you were on. Thank you. Yes, Thank you guys absolutely. so much. Yeah, I would love I would love to be able to connect with you two um, to talk a little bit more about the, the This Is Down syndrome project because Let's it's do just it. something yeah. that I it's just like your idea story. It's, it's well, yeah, I mean, because we were like in the early stages of wanting to like do something similar and I've seen what you guys are doing. I'm like, uh, why why really invent the wheel? Yeah, like, someone's yeah, we are all about collaboration and partnership. Yes. We would yeah. so love, I love, love, that concept. love it. So yeah, we'll definitely be in, in touch very soon. Very cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I love that. Awesome. Thanks, Heather. Gigi, say goodbye. Everybody is born with a little something extra, and sometimes they just have to find it. A little something extra is that superpower that every single one of us has inside that motivates us and drives our passion and, and makes us do the things that we do. We're all on the same team. Let's think about how we can make that team as inclusive as we can. For those of you listening to our podcast right now, you can also check out our video podcast at a little something extra podcast.org.